Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. If you're fascinated by the darker sides of humanity, join us every week on our podcast, Serial Killers, where we go deep into notorious true crime cases. With significant research and careful analysis, we examine the psyche of a killer, their motives and targets, and law enforcement's pursuit to stop their spree. Follow Serial Killers wherever you get your podcasts and get new episodes every Monday. Hello, spooky friends. I'm Blair Bathory, and this is the Something Scary Podcast. Thank you so much for being here. Whether this is your first time or you're one of the brave souls who join us every week, we're excited to be raising the stories of Black women in horror throughout the month of February. So join us every Tuesday to hear spine-chilling tales from our featured writers in horror in honor of Black History Month. So often when we head out on a road trip, We're filled with excitement and anticipation. The thrill of endless possibilities and adventure await us in the great unknown. But that's exactly the problem. You have no idea what's actually out there. Because on any given day, you may be plagued with obstacles, bad luck, or evil apparitions looking to do you harm. They say it's about the journey, not the destination but you sure do hope you make it home alive. First, cries of battle, followed by a death train. Finally, in our last story, the melody of blood and tragedy. Before we get to our stories, we wanted to thank everyone who's joined us on Patreon. It's a great way to support Something Scary and all the work that we do to bring you the spookiest tales from around the world. If you haven't joined us yet, head over to patreon.com slash something scary and sign up today. I also wanted to ask if you would take a minute to rate and review this podcast. You can pause here and do it right now. And you can do it after you've listened. It only takes a minute and it really makes a difference. Thank you so much. We are incredibly grateful for the support of all of our listeners. So, wanna hear something scary? Hellbound Highway. They say to study history so you don't repeat it, because it so often ends in tragedy and death. But can you ever really escape the past? This week's story is written by one of our favorite featured writers, Jennifer Helen Coates. 
the back roads of the flat Maryland countryside smelled like a rotting swamp. James and Catherine's car swung around a curved road, hidden by trees with hanging branches that looked like a jackal's maw. It was the kind of road Catherine had heard ghost stories about when she was a kid, the ones that were abandoned and haunted. How much further? James asked, squinting up at the gnarled trees and scrunching his nose. There was no other car around and they'd been on the back roads for at least an hour. The lights of the nearby Maryland cities had long since disappeared. In the waning sunlight, there was only blackened grass, the strangled caw of crows, and that lingering putrid smell of swamp. The battlefield should be close. Catherine fiddled with the chatty GPS just to make sure. They were itching to see the Civil War battlefields for their history papers. Catherine's ancestor had fought for a black regiment in the Union, and she was here chasing his story. Family legend said he disappeared in the battlefields and was lost to time before the war ended. Catherine wondered if there was another reason. Up ahead, the car's headlights illuminated a decaying wooden signpost. Its words were etched off from years of weather. Wherever it was guiding to was now lost. Turn down there, James implored. I bet we just missed the exit. There's nothing out here for miles, James. The brochure looked nothing like this. James pressed himself closer to the window, tapping hard on the glass. There's something out there. It has to be the battlefield. Relenting, Catherine guided the car off the path, following the crooked sign. Around them, fog rose. Suddenly, the car began to stink, tires squelching through hard mud. It's sinking, James. Keep pushing, we're almost there. Catherine leaned hard on the gas pedal, but the car only spit out a groan in reply. The tires spun endlessly, but couldn't trudge through the mud. We'll have to dig it out, James, I told you. James shrugged. It's a battlefield. It wasn't meant to be easy to get to. Catherine felt anger bubble inside of her, but mixed with that anger was fear. Outside, the fresh moon couldn't reach the empty field before them. Instead, the grass before them was covered with long shadows that looked big enough to be soldiers themselves, like ghosts. With a tight chest, Catherine pushed out of the car to assess the damage. The car was wedged in a gaping mud hole. She leaned in, groaning, as she tried to inch it out. It was no use. We'll need to call a tow, Catherine declared, her phone already echoing out a series of beeps as she dialed. Catherine explained to the tow company what happened, but when they asked where they were, Catherine paused. Is there any kind of landmark around here for the tow? Take a look at this, James beckoned her. As she followed, the fog around them bloomed heavier, a smoky thickness. In the distance, Catherine swore she heard the hoot of an owl. The two found another weathered signpost. This one, though, had words that shined visibly on the night, painted in a blood red. Beware the Snallygaster. James laughed, the sound bursting through the too quiet air. Snallygaster? Is that a disease? But Catherine knew that word from her family's stories. 
It's a beast half reptile, half bird. It would steal children, eat livestock. All the tales said it lived in the country, chased off by the big cities. We're historians. We're here for facts, not stories, Catherine. I don't think this is a battlefield, Catherine whispered, squinting in the darkness. The sour swamp odor still lingered around them. It smelled like decay. It smelled like death. James bent low to the grass, running his fingers over the blades. When he drew his hands back, they were wet with grime. It's like the field is being swallowed, James muttered. Something was here, and now it's gone. Things don't just disappear, James. It's like you said, this is history. Our history. Unless something wanted it gone. Suddenly, there was a rustle in the branches overhead. Then, she saw it. A scaly, serpentine shape under the brush. The shape was hidden in a dark pool of shadow, but Catherine could hear the rustle of grass as the scales moved. Catherine didn't dare to breathe. What is it? James didn't finish his sentence. A loud screech echoed from under the brush, and Catherine saw the white flash of fangs. The dark shape had a hold of James and sunk its teeth into his neck with a dull crunch. James roared, blood slick on his throat. Help! James choked out, burbling with blood. You have to help me, Catherine. Trembling, Catherine took in the beast. It was the size of a small fox, but everything about its reptilian form seemed lethal. Its scales were pointed, like the beast's skin had been crafted from daggers. It was just like the legend said. It was part bird, part reptile, and all beast. Its dark wings beat viciously against James as he tried to roll out from underneath it. Catherine! Catherine scrambled for a nearby branch and swung hard at the beast. The branch caught the snallygaster with a crack and it hit the rotting mud with a squelching thud. We need to try the car again. Once we're off the road, it can't find us, Catherine said, picking up James. Soon they'd be away from the beastly legends, back at the university with their facts and figures. No more battles with beasts. As they neared the car, the beast let out a trembling hiss. Around them, the swamp seemed to burble, the mud and fog fizzing around them. Catherine stumbled. The keys fell from her hand and bounced feet away. It's coming, James warned. There's no time. Catherine gritted herself and reached out, stretching for the keys, just as the snallygaster swooped down at her. But a shot rang out between them. A bullet ripped through the snallygaster's wing. It hit the ground, shriveling in on itself as blood seeped from the wound. All at once, the fog around them faded away. What in the world was that? Both of them turned, eyes adjusting to the now clear field. There stood a shadowy figure holding a musket and wearing a long red coat, almost like a uniform. It can't be, Catherine whispered. It was a battlefield after all. The figure stood at attention, then slinging the musket on his shoulder. Her ancestor had come to her rescue. Not lost, but waiting. He'll keep watch, Catherine told James, finally grabbing for her keys. 
The two settled into the car, trying to still their ragged breaths. This time when Catherine started the car, it ripped through the mud easily. They were freed. Catherine inched the car back toward the city lights, back toward the city. But in her rearview mirror, she couldn't forget the shape of the soldier and his legend that had seen them home. Have you ever been to an actual battlefield or the site of so much violence? Did you feel the presence of an unsettled soul? If you have any stories similar to this one, email us at somethingscary@snarled.com. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app. Answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish, or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly. Which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today, or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Acting on your own instinct, no matter how unpopular, just may save your life. Like in this story inspired by Caitlin. Maeve had lived in a small town her whole life. Everything was so close that she could either walk or be driven by her mother. So when the opportunity to take public transit into the city arose, it was exciting and slightly terrifying, particularly since her mother didn't know she was going. Her best friend Quinn had heard about a book signing of her favorite horror author, and she was determined to go. Quinn knew of a train station just outside of town. Each teen would tell their mom they were staying at the other girl's house that day. Then, early that day, they would get a ride from a friend to the station and wait for a train into the city. They would go to the signing and be back before their mothers even knew they were gone. Maeve had never lied to her mother before, at least not about something that big. But Quinn convinced her everything would be fine. The day they arrived at the station, Maeve thought they had come to the wrong place. The whole station was run down and decrepit. The floor was dirty and scuffed, and wood panels were barely hanging onto the ceiling. Maeve asked Quinn if they were in the right place, and Quinn just rolled her eyes. She reminded Maeve this was the only station near them, and it wasn't that bad. They waited patiently in the station, Maeve's fear growing every minute. Place gave her chills. By the time the train came into view, it was 9:13 a.m. The train made itself known as it slowly rattled down the track, getting closer and closer to the teens. Finally, it stopped, and the door creaked open. Quinn walked outside, pulling Maeve along behind her. As they entered, Maeve took a good look around, trying to calm herself down. 
I mean, how bad could it really be? She thought to herself. As they walked down the aisle, Maeve was surprised to see only a couple of other people on the train with them. Maeve thought the train would be busier headed to work. They then took their seats at the far end of the car they had entered. It was cozy, but also noticeably old and unkept. As they faced each other, knees touching, Quinn pulled out the book she was getting signed and began to reread it for what seemed like the hundredth time. So Maeve's eyes began to wander and they landed on an older woman sitting across from them. Maeve then saw the old woman was quietly crying as she carefully continued knitting. Maeve quickly flew out of her seat and over to the woman to see if she was all right. The old woman sniffled and looked up at Maeve. But just then, Maeve got pulled backward. She landed on her seat and quickly turned to Quinn who pulled her back, then scolded her for talking to a stranger. Maeve tried to explain, but Quinn just turned away and continued reading. Maeve took a deep breath and looked back at the woman, but she wasn't there anymore. Maeve squeezed her eyes shut and she just prayed that they would get to the signing soon. When Maeve opened her eyes, horror shot straight through her body. The train was speeding through a tunnel, but the lights in the train car were all out, except for one. A dim emergency light above Maeve. She quickly turned and reached out, checking if Quinn was still next to her, but she wasn't. Maeve shakily rose to her feet and looked down the aisle. She could see nothing but darkness. She weakly called a quivering hello into the darkness, but all she got in response was the eerie silence of the train. She began to walk down the aisle, hand out in front of her so she wouldn't run face first into anything. That's when her hand touched something cold and wet. Maeve quickly pulled her hand back and called out once again, and to her surprise, something replied. A cold, damp hand rested on her shoulder as a voice quietly spoke incomprehensible words to her. Maeve leaned slightly in, hoping to hear the voice better, but when she did, it stopped. The silence was then broken by the sound of a shrill scream as the hand pulled away off of Maeve's shoulder. She began to step backward as the lights flickered back to life. Maeve looked around as tears filled her eyes. The walls of the car were covered in crimson blood and the passengers she had once seen were now mere chunks of flesh and cloth. Maeve swung her body around to locate the scream when her eyes landed on Quinn. Quinn was standing in front of the next car's door, eyes wide and mouth hung open. Before Maeve could even call out to her, Quinn's head slid off of her neck and fell to the floor with a loud thud. Blood spewed from the severed neck as Maeve's vision went blurry with tears and horror, wanting so badly to just wake up from this horrible nightmare. That's when she felt the cold, wet hand return on her shoulder. Maeve froze, trying not to scream as she ever so slowly turned her head. As she did, her eyes met the old woman's gaze, the same old woman who had been crying earlier. Maeve saw the woman, was covered in blood and her limbs locked like spider legs. She smiled weakly at Maeve and spoke. You were the only one who cared to check on this poor old woman. Before Maeve could reply, her vision went black as she lost consciousness. 
when Maeve awoke, she was in a hospital bed, surrounded by her family. It was later explained to her that 13 people were found dead in an abandoned train station where she had been. She was the only one found alive, though she was unconscious. Maeve wept for her best friend as the days went by. She tried her best to move on with her life. One night, about a week after the incident, there was a knock at her window. Maeve turned to see the old woman standing there, waving at her. For some reason, Maeve had no fear as she stood and opened the window. The old woman wore a familiar smile as she spoke. You treat others with kindness and you will be rewarded. Have you ever snuck out anywhere without telling your parents? Was it dangerous? What would the consequence be if you got caught? Sometimes the deeper you go for answers, the more your life will forever be disrupted. Like in this story inspired by true events, submitted by Lila. My uncle, a seasoned traveler, found himself on another business trip to the United States. His journeys had taken him to various corners of the globe, but this particular visit to the U.S. would be his last. What he saw there would haunt him for the rest of his days. It was late in the night when my uncle, exhausted from his travels, checked into a quaint little hotel. The dimly lit lobby welcomed him with tired eyes and creaky floorboards. As he climbed the staircase with his suitcase to his assigned room, his attention was drawn to a door covered in yellow police tape. An unsettling feeling crept over him. What the hell happened in that room? He paused at the top of the stairs for a brief moment, wondering if he really wanted to stay the night next to a crime scene. Exhaustion prevailing, he decided that he would change hotels the next morning. But my uncle couldn't resist his curiosity. He glanced around, then approached the mysterious door. Unable to resist the urge to peer inside, he pressed his eye against the keyhole and was met with a chilling sight. In the dimly lit room, a little girl with blood red eyes, black hair, and ghostly pale skin stood in the center, singing an eerie melody as she hopped from bed to bed. Convinced it was his mind playing tricks because of exhaustion and jet lag, my uncle dismissed the image and went to sleep for the night. The night, however, had other plans for him. Startled awake by an indescribable horror, my uncle found himself surrounded by terrifying apparitions, all with similar features to the girl he saw in the taped off hotel room. Their shadows danced menacingly around him, while that same melody filled the air. He desperately tried to make sense of the surreal nightmare unfolding before him, begging himself to wake up. As dawn broke, my uncle, shaken to his core, nervously made his way past the hotel room door, down the stairs and to the lobby. He approached the front desk, demanding to know the truth about what took place in that taped off hotel room. The receptionist's expression changed as he inquired about the room, freezing for a moment before taking a deep breath. She reluctantly revealed that a few days prior, an unusual family with blood red eyes and pallid skin had checked in. They were only supposed to let four people stay in a room at a time, 
but this family was clearly sneaking in more people than that. She had counted at least seven or eight. Normal protocol would say they had to charge them for additional rooms, but after checking them in, no one at the hotel wanted to spend another second speaking to them. The following morning, as they were checking out, the police arrived. They had a search warrant because the family's daughter had been reported missing from school. When the police searched, she was also no longer with the family, even though she had checked into the room the night before. The police swiftly arrested the family, accusing them of a heinous crime. It was discovered they were a part of a cult and the daughter was a human sacrifice. The receptionist's voice quivered as she recounted the grim details, and my uncle's heart sank. He realized that the girl he saw through the keyhole was no figment of his imagination. She was the tragic spirit of the missing, surly dead daughter. Driven by the need for closure, my uncle returned to the room. As he peered through the keyhole once more, he was met with an unsettling sight. The room, once filled with a haunting presence, now held only a red glow and a mysterious black dot in the center. As he focused on the sight, memories of the blood-red eyes flooded back, and a terrifying realization struck him. The spirit of the girl was still there, looking directly at him through the keyhole. The once innocent gaze now held a cruel intensity, and my uncle felt a cold sweat breaking out on his forehead. A supernatural connection sent shivers down his spine, as if the girl's spirit had sensed his presence and sought to communicate with him. Haunted by the events of that night, my uncle grappled with the knowledge that he had unwittingly crossed paths with the paranormal. The echoes of the haunting melody and the blood-red eyes lingered in his nightmares. In the years that followed, my uncle became obsessed with understanding the events that transpired in the hotel room. His once mundane business trips were now also paired with going on local ghost tours and always seeking out the paranormal. The horror of that night turned his once ordinary life into one with the purpose of chasing the supernatural. Have you ever passed that yellow police tape and wondered what happened? Did this story make you fear the supernatural or want you to dig deeper to find answers? This week's podcast stories were edited by Sarah Lukasiewicz, narration by Blair Bathory, audio edited and mixed by Fitz Harris, additional audio editing by Calvin Linderman, produced by Anna Villalobos, Executive produced by Gail Gilman. Music by Sapphire Sindalo and Calvin Linderman. If you have a story you'd like to submit, send me an email at somethingscary@snarled.com. Don't forget to watch the video version of Something Scary over at youtube.com snarled. And if you'd like to support the show and everything we do at Snarled, join our Patreon at patreon.com snarled. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. 
It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com.